You're listening to the Coach and Joe podcast, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to the Coach and Joe worldwide dominating YouTube television show nominated for four Dove Awards in Nashville last week. I turned them down out of humility wow. and honor and honor for the kingdom. Uh, I always notice someone with a Yankees hat, and I always ask the same question. Are you a Yankees fan? Every time I ask the question, the answer is no. No. This is Corey Perkins. Corey works with Iris Ministries. You guys know what Iris is. Iris is a global missions movement. Heidi, Roland Baker, suppresses the Tole Trifina, have played a huge role in planting seeds to now, gosh, bases all over the world. Corey's a part of that ministry. Iris is in town this week. We're doing a couple of Iris nights. Will and Heidi are here. And I, I met Corey yesterday, and I knew I was supposed to talk to him. We were talking in the office, and I said, I want to earmark this because I want to have this as a podcast YouTube thing. Yeah. So the, all, all we do, this podcast is, has one goal. We just want to help people walk in friendship with God. Mm-hmm. That's it. And let's just be objective here. You can't see him. You can't get your hands on him. You can't taste him, feel him, touch him. Your five senses, this is beyond my five senses. Yeah. Your story yesterday, I, I'm always drawn to people that are still walking with God after a really hard season. So I told you my story. Yeah. I was 30, went through a really difficult time. Uh, for 18 years, I was on Klonopin, Xanax, Zoloft. I was yeah. more tangled up than a, than a tackle box, man. Yeah. Before we get into your story and all that, who, who are you? You're married. You live in Reading. Like, what's your wife do? Tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into your story. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I live in Reading, California. I work at Iris, Iris Global. Um, I've been there for just about two years now. Um, I used to work with Randy Clark's ministry, Global Awakening, with Will. So that's the connection there. Um, and then Will moved out to Iris. Uh, I ended up following eventually. Uh, I met my wife at a Randy Clark meeting um, at Bethel. And that really motivated me to move out. So um, the rest is history. I married her uh, almost a year ago um, in March. And uh, yeah. Um, you grew up in upstate New York? I grew up in upstate New York. Well, western New York. Um, Western. South of Buffalo. Okay. I grew up on a farm, a maple syrup farm, a thousand acre farm in the middle of nowhere. That's which awesome. Which is uh, the last place people expect. Play college football near Pittsburgh? Yeah. I went to Greens, Greensburg. Um, well, there's Seton Hill in Greensburg. It's a Division two football. So I was on scholarship to play football there. Free safety. Free safety. Receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah. And now you're bowed up. Yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with you. Yeah. But you're not for keto. You said keto is bad for the body. Keto is, listen to me, keto is not good for your body. I'm going to tell you what Don't is. That. I'll tell you what's good for your body. Pasta. Pasta. And any other form of carb. Yes. Yes. Be, be honest before we jump in. I mean, you're sure. jacked up. Look at you. I, I'm, I desire to put like a black sheet in front of me while I'm interviewing you. And I'm sitting here looking at you. What do you eat? Don't lie. Yeah. I think uh, it depends. I, I eat less carbs than most people, but I'm not. Keto is not a sustainable model for a diet for your body. It's just not good for your body. Um, I just eat in moderation, really. That's the key. And doing cardio. Like, you can't. How you much? Can't, you can't not do cardio. Like, give me a. Are, I do you, cardio once a day, but. I bet you're a sprint guy. Yeah. I knew yeah. it. I, you're doing a hip, You got to do hip. I mean, if you're All trying right, to, to stay skinny, hit, crap, workouts are the hit, Tabata. Everybody that's ripped 
Everybody. It's like, yeah, I just did an 11-minute workout, burned 1,400 calories, I'm sprinting. I I like to read the magazines, Mm -hmm. and it says, you know, why are sprinters jacked and marathon runners look like they live on a – Someplace with no food, yeah. it's so tiny. Yeah, you're a sprint guy. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I subscribed to that a couple of years ago. I am. I've been enjoying working out recently. Do you feel like you bond with the father when you do that? Is that? Is that? I your... do. I mean, I th- I think that and that it's just therapeutic for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that it's more therapeutic the harder you go? Um, not necessarily. No. Um, it depends. I think. Um, I'm to the point now. I mean, I just turned 31, so. I'm to the point now where I'm like... When you turn 40, God will sovereignly take your metabolism. <laughs> he will reach down in the middle of your Listen, sleep, and he will eat it. And then I you, feel like he's already done that, honestly. Pardon? I feel like he's already taken it from me. Explain. When I hit 30, everything got harder. If you'll be patient enough, you'll go through a, a bigger testing at 40. Yeah. Let's jump... Yeah, let's, yeah, let's not. <laughs> let's jump in. Let's jump in with this. Okay. We help people walk in friendship with God. Uh, let's just call it like it is here. You worked for an organization. Randy has played a key role, Randy Clark, in being a pioneer yeah. of pioneers. Sure. There's pioneers and there's pioneers of pioneers. Yeah. And now you work with Iris, the world's fastest growing, most influential missions organization. Yep. Yeah. You've been around some powerhouse ministries. Mm-hmm. You encounter the Holy Spirit in a service in college, right? Yeah. Was it with your football team? Uh, sort of. I had a teammate that kind of tricked me into going to a weekend retreat. Tell me about this. How'd you come to God? Yeah, so um, I, was in, I was in college playing football. Really didn't want to do anything but play football. I chose to get a degree in graphic design because I thought it would be easy. Um, my sophomore year, one of the players on our team... Um, Stayed after one practice and just said, hey, I'm starting a fellowship of Christian athletes, um, which kind of put me off. I didn't care about that. But he's like, if you, if you want to stick around afterwards and talk about it, then uh, then just stay. You didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. Well, this is what happened. I, I felt really bad for him because everybody left. No one stayed. So I just stayed to talk to him because I felt bad for him. And he ended up talking to me and we became friends. And then he ended up getting me to go to this retreat. He didn't tell me anything about it. It was on our only by weekend. And, yeah, I show up and it's a church. And he was my only ride. I couldn't leave. So, yeah. How in the heck did you get from there mm-hmm. to global? How old were you when you when the Holy Spirit got you? Yeah, I think I was 20. I was 20 or 21. When did you start working for global? Ooh, 2010. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, after I got touched, um, got saved. Um, start hearing about different ministries. You know, everybody's telling me about different ministries, different things to do, different places to go. And Global Awakening was one of them, like one of their conferences. I think I don't remember which one it was, but I had some friends going there, so I went with them and ended up getting on their email list somehow. And and then uh, got an email about a web developer position. So I thought I would apply, got the job, and I worked less than a year as a web developer, graphic designer, and moved into event planning. So this is the kingdom side of things, which is great. Yeah. We're not just down here to build friendship with God without putting our hands to something. Typically, the Bible can be divided into both covenant and kingdom. Covenant is relationship. Kingdom is the moral responsibility. Like my wife and I lead this church. Yeah. I've authored a couple of books. We do this YouTube channel. We, we I do put my hands to things. We do naturally supernatural training. 
let's don't talk about the kingdom side of things. It's yeah. interesting. This show, it just seems to be taken by the Holy Spirit a lot into relationship conversation. Let's talk about while God is using you in his kingdom work mm-hmm. at Global, you, you begin to taste a side of God that I like to describe as St. John of the Cross would just call a dark night of the soul. Yeah. Let me talk a little bit about my dark night of the soul. Yeah. Seminary degree and still convinced that God is really not for me. 30 years old, it got to the point where inside of me, a counselor looked across the table and just said, you, you believe God hates you. I said, mm-hmm. Wow. Convinced of it. Mm-hmm. So a misconception is the most dangerous thing in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a funny story, but. A few years ago, we were living in a rental house, and I was walking into my house one day, and there was a probably a between six to eight foot snake curled up in my in the bed flower bed. I about had a stroke. I'm, I'm afraid of two things on this earth: snakes and my wife. In that order. Yeah. I go inside. I get a gun, a pellet gun, and I go outside. And there's these kids playing the cul-de-sac. My son's one of them. They come up there, and I'm about to defend my domain. I'm about to kill the bear, drag it back into the cave. Sure. I blow this snake a new one only to realize every time I shoot the thing, it's not moving for five minutes. There's panic, anxiety. It was a rubber snake that looked so real. The thing looked, <laughs> it looks so real. And I'm like John Rambo blowing yeah. this thing. But here's what I want to talk about. The five minutes of me going after the snake. Yeah. My heart rates up. Mm-hmm. My mind's a wreck. Yeah. I was really was scared. And, and that's what yeah, a misconception like does. A misconception can, it can kill you. The Protestant Reformation is based upon the Reformation fathers discovering truth that needed to be known to overcome the injustice of the, the, the Catholic system. All the Reformation was was a change of ideas. The first thing out of the Lord's mouth was change the way you think, metanoia. Mm-hmm. So a dark night of the soul is a time that I would call where you go through your Jacob and Jesus wrestling season where you're trying to figure out, do I even believe in God at all? Yeah. I got there. I'm going to prophetically discern you got there. I can see it in your eyes. Absolutely. On the other side of a dark night of the soul season, typically is a greater realm of intimacy with the father. But a lot of people bail out when the dark night sets in. Yeah. Talk to me about your journey to however you want to go into it. Oh, not the great what you're seeing through global, what you're seeing through Iris, yeah. on that gap in your life where you're questioning if God is even real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned, I got married a year ago, but I was married um, before that uh, for six years. And uh, yeah, it was when I worked for Global Awakening. I came home one day and uh, from a trip and everything was gone. She backed up and left and didn't leave a note or anything and I had no con no one no mutual friends no her family didn't know where she was no one knew she just kind of disappeared and uh yeah that was pretty traumatic obviously and so um yeah just trying to navigate through that season of just like everything that I've ever known about God has been challenged and is being challenged talk to me uh about that yeah it's hard. It's 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 um, it feels like it's gonna kill you. Yeah, it almost did. It almost did. Um, 
it felt like it was just so much easier to give up than, than to try to press through something like that. And in the middle of it, God wasn't in, you know, I had felt God, I had experienced God when I got saved and through ministry and I've seen God do amazing things and even restore people's marriages um, prior to this happening. And uh, and there, there I was like with feeling nothing, hearing nothing, seeing nothing. Uh, and at that point, like you really have, I mean, you really have a decision to make. You either go like, this is all bull crap and this is all phenomenon and, and, and it, this isn't real or it is real. And I just have to trust God. through. Well, this. and you went through a numb stage. You told me in my office that even with global, you had, to, here you are at these conferences and watching God do, do stuff, but you weren't really connected to your heart. I mean, you're in a tough place. So you're in a place that God's moving and you're questioning if any of it's real at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it just became a job that I did um, working in a ministry uh, and not really believing in what I was doing at the time because, you know, what I had been through, it, it just shattered me. And so uh, I just kept working, doing the job, and, see, you know, facilitating, like, events and things for people to get touched by God when I didn't, I didn't want to have anything to do with it, you know. And uh, it was rough. But I just had, I think it was, it, I remember one night, like, I just had to make a choice. And I wasn't hearing anything from God or feeling anything. I just had to go. Before we get into the choice part, because I do want to go there. Mm. A, a lot of spirit-filled teaching leaves out room for lamenting mm-hmm. because of the new creation reality, which is all true. I'm as clean as Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the Father loves me and he's for me. But a lot of times in order to enjoy the benefits of that reality, you have to lament where you're not, then confess where you should be. So Paul actually boasted in his weakness. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Mm -hmm. David lamented. Job lamented. What did your, I'm assuming you had some lamenting, some God. Did you ever go at it with him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What did it look like for you? I think just, I was angry. I was just angry with God. And I let him know it. Um, Yeah, I I just, you know, kind of told him, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, everything, like, where are you? You, you, This is a lie. You're a lie. Like, you're not here in the midst of this. How could you let this happen? Like, you have full control over this. And how could you let something like this happen? And, yeah, I went at it with God. Totally. Um, just, and I, and I kind of, and I just shut down. I just stopped talking to him and I just decided not to in the middle of that. I remember sitting, I can remember the seat I was sitting in (laughs) when I had some pretty harsh words. I've done it three times. I have a hard time trusting people who say they're friends with God. I'm not talking about believing in God. I mean, this ain't about believing in God. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about people that walk in friendship with him. I'm not sure you can be friends with someone unless you go at it with them, because on the other side of conflict is typically a higher level of intimacy. Sure. The entire nation of Israel is birthed out of a wrestling match between Jacob and Jesus. Mm-hmm. When I when I when you walked into the office yesterday, it as soon as I laid eyes on you, I, God has I don't know why. I think it takes one to know one. I can pick up within about five seconds who's been on the wrestling mat yeah. with him. Why are, before you go to the, 
the breakthrough moment. He had to make a choice. Why are we so afraid to get on the wrestling mat? Be honest. What? Why are so many people afraid to lament or go there with him? Uh, nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to go through that. No one wants to have something so traumatic happen that they have to. They have to be at that point where they're gonna go at it with God. Like nobody really wants that. Like people can say that they want it, but to those who haven't experienced it, it's 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 something that you would try to avoid for sure. One of the most influential books in my life is a book called Disappointment with God by Philip Yancey. Mm-hmm. And he spends the entire book, 350 pages, to ask the question, would you rather be disappointed with him or without him? I came to the place where I was like, I'm not so sure I like the alternative. Like, uh, I think I'm going to let you know how I feel for a little bit, but I, I stay right there because I don't want you to go anywhere. Yeah. Remember in John 6, I believe it is, Jesus goes into a temple and says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Yeah. And it says in the text, many disciples deserted him. Mm-hmm. And then he turns to Simon. What does he say? Hey, you going to leave me too? And Simon says, I love his answer. He doesn't say yes or no. He goes, I don't know where else I'm supposed to go. Did you have that moment? Uh, I don't know. I think I I knew where I was going to go if I didn't if I didn't choose him. I knew what my life was going to be like if I didn't choose him, and it wasn't pretty. So get back to the choice. What what that look like? Yeah, um, it was quite a while of uh, of just pain and anger and hurt. Um, it wasn't like a it wasn't like I stepped into a, a room with a counselor and, you know, did a sozo and magically, like, was back on track or, you know, not upset with God or chose to choose him. But it was a process of, like, every day, like, being confronted with, is he real or is he not? You know? And for months, every day, thinking that, like, is he real or is he not? And then finally getting to the point where, I go, like, you know, between my job and what I did, like, I had, I had a choice to make. Like, do I keep doing this, even though I don't feel God in it and don't believe he's in it? Um, or do I have to just choose him through this? And I think, you know, it's so easy to choose God when you're at a conference and you're seeing him show up and manifest and uh, you're feeling him and... People are calling out social security numbers and addresses. You know, it's it's not hard to, to choose him during that stuff. It's really hard to go, you know, I don't see you and I don't feel you, but I choose you. And I just got to the point where I just, I was like, okay, I'm going to choose you. And it wasn't this moment where an angel showed up or like literally nothing, nothing happened for, for the longest time. And even after I said, I'm going to choose you, nothing happened. Nothing changed. I didn't feel any different. But every day from that day forward, I, I, I made a conscious decision to, like, wake up and go, I'm going to choose you today. Like, I believe that you're good despite this. I believe that you exist and that you have a plan and purpose for this somehow in some way. Um, yeah. I, I think it, Thomas, who, like, had to have proof. I had to put his his fingers through the hole of Jesus' hands. Uh, And it's just like, I didn't even have that option. You know, I just had to believe that he was real. And, uh, yeah. 
eventually, eventually, it wasn't any time soon, but eventually I felt him again. Can I, and I experienced him again. I'll tell you something that, and, and I would say this if, if Heidi and Will were sitting here, I do love the two nights here. I, I love the corporate gatherings. They inspire me. I talked to my wife this morning over coffee though. You know what I like more than that? Cause sometimes I wonder if the expectations people have in these meetings, if they're not setting themselves up for failure, mm-hmm. I like boring walks with God better. I like the boring moments with God better. I, I don't, don't hear, listen, I love when Will is here. I yeah. love when Heidi is here. Yeah. I love corporate gatherings on Sunday at Bridgeway. Mm-hmm. I love it when at times I just let it rip. I love being inspired in worship and around other brothers and sisters in Christ. Boring brings the breakthrough. If we're not careful in charismatic circles, we will set an expectation that if your faith is is right, then you should have an angelic encounter that immediately delivers you from your wife yeah. leaving. Yeah. I just can I say this? I'm a person of faith. Okay, I walk in power and the prophetic. I think some of that is just crap. Yeah. Because actually, God's inviting us to go on a journey. Yeah. I I uh, don't watch a lot of movies, not because I'm religious, just because. I don't know why I just don't watch a lot of movies, but I, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. About every two years, me and my kids will watch them. And it's like, I just ask the father, what is the deal with these movies? How come so many people connect with you in these movies? Mm-hmm. It's as Eugene Peterson would say, it's a long obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. With battles along the way, what I add to it. You didn't find wholeness overnight. You know what? Neither did I. A lot of people want to get out of Egypt in an instant and treat God like Aladdin. You rub the bottle, put you on the carpet. Next thing you know, you're Randy Clark's successor. That's it. I see that every, every event we go to every event that we do, people show up and they are expecting an impartation and that's going to do it for them. And that's going to be their big breakthrough, you know, and hold on. We got to stop here because this is my podcast and I can say whatever I want to say. Uh, you are pushing my biggest soapbox button. I want you to say this again. Let me, let me just, I know we just met yesterday. Yeah. I've written two books. <laughs> Both contain supernatural. I am one of those people that does those events. Yeah. I told my wife this morning over coffee. I'm not so sure these moments don't hurt people more than they help them. Because they they think the impartation is the freedom yeah. into the promised land. Totally. You, sometimes you have to journey out of Egypt into the promised land. Yeah. You see it all the time, don't you? Yeah, I do. I see it all the time. And um, it's I mean it's easy to get cynical when you see people just the same people show up to every event, and they don't seem to be changed. They don't seem to be doing anything different. They're just looking for that that one you know impartation. You know that one time where Randy lays hands on you and you become the next Heidi Baker or whatever. Uh, and it can be really uh, tough seeing that over and over again. But it is like the one or two or handful of people that really genuinely get touched at these meetings and they go out and do something with what they've been given and the anointing they've received. But they go out and walk through uh, what they've received and not just expected like an instant uh I don't know, like it just an instant impartation that all of a sudden you're going to go out and read people's mail. And you know, the kingdom's more like yeast. You ever ask, how was Rome overtaken by this tiny, small message with no weapons, one rabbi, 
<clears throat> how was Rome within 258 years ish declared a Christian nation? <clears throat> it wasn't overnight. There's no printing press. There's not a mass gathering. Mm-hmm. It's into the homes. It begins like yeast. It begins to rise and rise and rise. And slowly, Constantine declares it a Christian nation, which is amazing. And it goes beyond Rome. And here we are a couple thousand years later talking about it. Sure. What if boring brings the breakthrough? What if the real biblical paradigm of wholeness is seed time harvest? Yeah. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for people. And again, I feel like I'm supposed to say this. I'm not against impartation. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Me either. Let's look at the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Seed time harvest growth. Have you uh, you ever heard of Jim Collins wrote Good to Great? Mm-mm. He also wrote a book. It's the number one selling leadership book in the history of the world. Isn't that crazy? Number one. It just passed Stephen Covey's Seven Habits book. Mm-hmm. He also wrote a book called How the Mighty Fall. And it's not a character issue. They fall because they go too fast. Would you just that. pray a blessing that people would be willing to slowly journey out of Egypt, whatever their Egypt is, through the renewing of the mind. Bless them with a yeast blessing. Yeah, of course. Although I just ask right now for for anybody who's watching, um, that you would just bless them with this blessing, Father. Uh, That, you know, whatever that looks like, whatever, even if that means they've got to walk through uh, a season that they don't want to walk through, um, would you just, I just ask, would you just release that blessing? Would you release, release patience over them? Father, and uh, yeah, would you just uh, yeah help them walk it out in time and in serving, in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask that you give my metabolism to Corey and give Corey's to me, so let it be. Go in peace, everyone. You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.